0: musicality. But this time we're going to look at fan service, particularly with inclusivity. As we become more progressive as a nation, as a culture, and as a society, and we're broadening our worldview, there's been a conversation of inclusivity in film and animated productions, part of which could be that our population is actually showing that those who were considered minorities uh, in the... Electorate or minorities and overall population will be, well, will become the majority in 2050. So we got a few years to look forward to that. But with that in mind, we've been seeing a lot more inclusivity or attempts at inclusivity in a lot of the media sphere. And there's been a lot of pros and a lot of backlashes along the way. So we're going to start out with the first shout out, one of Drea's favorite. Netflix's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. I fucking love this show.
1: First of all, I never, you know, followed the original She-Ra. My fucking bad. I know people had some backlash to it because they're like, She-Ra isn't sexy anymore because she's a
0: teenage girl. Oh, darn. Now Sorry. we have to take her principles seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I'm sorry that Shira doesn't have busty
1: titties, but um, I like the reimagining of it. The designs are beautiful, and I love the color script for the entire show. They do showcase different body type, ethnicities, and even sexual orientation. And I was listening to a podcast um, roundtable with Awestruck Boss, and he was noting that you know back in the day, all the characters looked the same because you're trying to simplify the
0: model for toy production. Mm -hmm. that makes sense i have i know with um even now with like modern tv shows uh a lot or modern cartoon shows they base a lot of the overall production like the way the characters are shaped off of toys so like Uh the superheroes or superheroines stuff like that and especially at the time the original he-man and she-ra came out in the 80s which i did watch as a kid not because like I can't remember anything from the 80s, I'm an 89 baby. But uh, <laughs> when I was in day- growing up in daycare, one of the school-age teachers, he brought in his old VHS, he would bring in his like VHS tapes and play them in the VCR. And so that's how I got introduced to He-Man and She-Ra and all of that. So a lot obviously hasn't changed in how they kind of gear certain genres Towards toy production, and they try to like gear it towards boys, and make these collectibles and all that stuff. But I, mm-hmm. it's good to see that with like She-Ra and later we'll talk about Steven Universe, um, how they're breaking away from that.
1: And I think part of the plus is because they're on a the streaming network. I don't need to depend on toy sales to monetize. You guys already bought the subscription, mm-hmm. I right?
0: that but, yeah. um that does create a valid argument cuz yeah like she run they already get our money. Mhm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I did watch. At it. Right. I did watch a couple of episodes
2: and I thought it was extremely um cute and I loved the little short thick character I I'm I'm not familiar with the names but the I guess she's a main character. Shimmer. Yeah, the the princess, right? She's the princess. <laughs> yep. Yes. Shimmer. Oh my God. I, when I saw her, I had don't like. Oh, flavor. I'm getting a mix up. Her name is. Okay. Name. I had yeah, a moment little. and I was just like, oh my God, she looks like me, like my body type. Like, I've never seen something like, as far as animation, anybody close to the way I'm shaped. I'm short, fatigued, but I'm also very curvy. I got thick thighs, thick calves, everything. And I was just like, this yeah. is so right. refreshing to see. And I am I don't know. I'm just. I was here for it. I didn't finish it but I did watch a couple episodes.
0: Oh, okay. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been my list of shows of so long and especially with us um doing this um show now, this podcast now, I've been burning through as many of the shows on my list as possible. My mom that I haven't chipped away at she yet but I'm really eagerly anticipating getting into
2: it. Yeah I think I'm gonna make a list so I can remember too because I, my list is quite long too of things that I want to watch so I'm gonna have to put it on the list like physical copies so I can remember let me go back to it because I really did enjoy the first couple episodes.
1: And what I really like about it more is that with it being a girl-centered show, it advocates a lot of sisterhood and friendship. So it's not like those shows where it's a girl show, so romance is like a subplot, mm-hmm. the second focal point, as if girls are always tied to romance. Yeah, that, that is a secondary important thing for us.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I like that notion. that honestly, I think about that frequently about, especially growing up in the '90s when Disney was really like booming. Mm-hmm. Every time. A girl was on screen there was some romantic element to it and I just wonder how different my life would be if there was less romance um uh, you know geared towards us as girls and developing into women um than there actually was like would my expectations on romance be a little more realistic. Not that they're saying that unrealistic and not saying that because I'm married. So obviously I'm in a relationship with somebody who does believe in romance as well. But starting into dating when the only example of what girlhood and femininity and womanhood means you're being told that it's tied to some sort of romantic endeavor, sort of, yeah. you almost mm-hmm. feel like there's something wrong with you if you don't have a romantic tie. Yeah. And that's not something we should be teaching anybody of the fe- of the feminine persuasion, period.
2: period. I feel like at now, like 28 years old, I'm just still... Um, Understanding myself as a person, not necessarily as a woman, because I feel that my mother often growing up was always like, okay, when you get a husband, when you get married, and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of like, you know, putting it in my head, these things are important. that's the first thing you need to do in life is go ahead and get a husband, have children by a certain age, then your career comes next, and then everything else comes next, your passion, your, your artistry, anything else. And, like, now I'm kind of reprogramming myself because for, like, my mid-20s, I felt a bit lost in where I belong in the world. Because I knew what I wanted to be, but I knew that conflicted with the timeline of what my mother said I should be at. So, I was just like, okay, but I need to make sure my relationship, because I've been in the relationship for seven years. And I'm just like, okay, then we got to get married, get have babies, but also... Want to make sure my career is like on track. And Mm -hmm. it was so much pressure as a woman to make sure that everything was like going according to plan, according to what my mother said, you know, is important. The number one thing was fall in love, have a baby. (laughs) And then everything else comes next. That's And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what comes first next. All I know is I'm going to do the shit that makes me happy and right now art's making me happy my relationship is fine we'll get married when we get married we have babies when we get have babies ain't nobody rushing that shit there's no timeline
1: yeah especially when back in the day you're supposed to do all that shit before 30 right <laughs> Oh my i'm God. like
2: right there at 30 i'm like i don't care mom <laughs> so i'm sorry
1: like, i'm 28 and this is the age my mom had me I'm like, oh no, I ain't ready for the baby.
2: I just became an adult,
1: like mentally. (laughs) I will play with my nephew, but you were a mother at this age? Yes. This, Okay,
2: mom. Mama was hella 21. I was like, how? I know how immature I was at 21. There's no way I could have had a kid at that age, personally. You know what? And she's just turning, oh, she's 49 now, mm-hmm. so <laughs> she's still quite young.
0: You know what, and I was, I was actually um, going to try and save this anecdote for when we talked about, like, just generational womanhood in the Black community, but since we're on the topic, um, I think it's important that we do recognize kind of, like, this shift in culture and just um what it all really meant back then because I'm like I mentioned I'm thirty I'm married I've been married it'll be three years that's gonna be fun when people hear this and do the math but I've been married what? three years okay so long story short my husband and I were actually married a year before we had the wedding with everybody oh. so now everyone's gonna find I out for this episode. Like, at your wedding, and
1: the videographer were going by, I did say, happy
0: anniversary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have to look at that. You were a mess. Because it was a year after I met. That's funny. I
1: don't happy anniversary, because I <laughs> took a shot when y'all got
0: married. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> So, Okay. But, um, the reason why we did it was we basically did it for us. There was a lot of people trying to tell us what to do. and We finally were just like, we're going to do our own thing. But anyway, um, my mother, she went away to school, decided she didn't know, um, know what she really wanted to do, lived with her mom until she got married to my father. They, um, had me when she was 25. And so, at my current age, my mother had a five-year-old me running around. Which, good luck—I mean, good lord! Like, wow. I think about that sometimes. I'm just like, okay, that was a lot of energy. But she had my dad there helping her. She, my parents are still married to this day. Um, But then I remember when my mother turned fifty. It was like a light bulb went off for her. Um, she started living more for herself. And. Mm. Because she had made mention of it, she had said that you know she went from living with her mother to becoming a wife. Like she went straight from living at home to living with being um, living, living in her marital home. And she had told me when I was a teenager, like I really think you should um, you should live on your own before you get married. Because she wishes she had the opportunity to do it for herself. So she turned fifty, and she realized that she had spent fifty years living to the satisfaction of other people. Yes, she was doing what she wanted to do, but only as much as it would allow her to mm-hmm. still live for other people. So 50 hit, and she was like, bump this, I'ma i do me. She started wearing makeup, started buying wigs with the new hair. Like, she got real hard, yes. real fast. Got her a Camaro. Like, and she, ever since then, she's been pursuing um photography, which is her Goal, um career goal in life like that's really where her passion is so on and so forth. And um I realized that I didn't and I've told my mother this before and she's okay with me saying this because she agrees with it too. I told her I said I don't want to be like you someone who didn't start living the life that they really want that they would really thoroughly enjoy at the age of fifty. Conversely mm-hmm. my mother in law She had my husband, she was married and had my husband when she was 18 years old Mm -hmm. and it was rough. She had real bad postpartum depression, so on and so forth. And as I met her and as I saw the way she interacted with my husband and her uh, other two boys and my father-in-law, I realized that her whole life revolved around her family and of course my husband's the oldest of the three but the youngest is, is i think he's 21 now so all her sons are grown no no i think he's over 21 but anyway her sons are grown and so then my father-in-law got sick and he passed away about a year ago and um i told my husband just like i told him i didn't want to be like my mother i before his father passed, I said, God forbid something happens to your father because I don't want anything to happen to him. I said, but the reality it was he was terminally ill, and I told him, I said, I don't want to be like your mother. I said, because if something happens to your father, she won't know who she is mm-hmm. because she literally spent, and I don't consider 18 an adult. I really don't think no. you're fully an adult no. until you hit about 25. 18 to 25, yeah. you just kind of filling stuff out. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he's, he's been gone about a year now and we went down for the funeral in Florida and, um, my mother-in-law has insomnia. She's always had it. And she was up talking with me and my husband and she said, my boy, she said, our boys are gone. They grown. She said, and I never would have thought I'd be a widow at my age. And now that he's gone, I don't know who I am anymore.
3: Mm. and
0: it broke my heart because not only did this woman lose her husband she lost herself right and i tell people all the time like i don't want to be like my mother i don't want to be like my mother-in-law because Mm -hmm. god forbid something happens to my husband i love him dearly fiercely with everything in me but i don't want to be in a position where if i lose him i lose me too because i had me before i had him yeah and i feel like if we had more shows structured the way shira was or the way shira is where it teaches you to build these bonds look inside yourself discover who you are as a person develop those these character traits become a strong individual person not just a strong individual woman because woman still has its own connotations to it. Become a full-fledged person and enjoy the process. Don't just set yes. goals, but enjoy the process. I think we would be a lot further and a lot better off mm-hmm. than a lot of previous generations before us. Yes. She got a testimony. Yes. That was the real she shit, though. To <laughs> that's what it was. And you're right. She that's got exactly. Got and I tell people, I tell people, People on my 30th birthday, I because I was laughing, they're like, What? I said, You know what? I just turned 30 and I realized I really enjoy who I am at 30. I'm excited to see who I'll be at 40. Not that I'm rushing the process, (laughs) you know, like I just turned 30 and my birthday about to be here again. And I'm just like, Yo, chill, I ain't ready for that. But it was just 29 right
2: around the corner,
0: (laughs) girl, and like. But it'll still be fun to see who I develop independently of um, Shamari's wife, who I develop independently of whenever I have kids, their mommy. It's going to be so cool. I'm just so excited for the woman that I'm becoming. And I feel Mm -hmm. like had I had more, like I said, shows like She-Ra, since that's what we're talking about, that talks about developing personhood, I would have been able to enjoy this process longer.
2: Right.
1: And I hope with this whole usage of Streaming Network, we can get that because, let me put a time to it, maybe six years ago, I toured Cartoon Network with a group of 10 students. We were selected to go and toured different studios. Predominantly of us were girls. We had a recruiter from Cartoon Network telling us that they're not there to produce shows geared towards girls. Because girls were not the market.
0: Hmm. I
1: cannot tell you how deflated we're all. That was most of us. I think it was probably two, three guys out of seven girls. And you just tell us that our very existence doesn't even fucking matter. Right. What we want to share doesn't even matter. And around that time, that's when they were canceling shows that had strong female characters involved.
0: And it's such I BS think, because like women outnumber men in this world two to one. So why yeah. are we catering to the minority? Wow. But yo, we got Netflix. <laughs> Secret yeah. Secret. So
1: Hopefully that will be a start of we can have other shit. Mm-hmm. So right. we don't have to be bound down by the priorities of television networks and them trying to make their cash money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I get it. You want to be productive, but you're really just going to say it, hush to a whole other population?
0: To literally, I think, like, women are, like, 60 percenters. Uh, we're more than 50 percent of the population.
1: I thought we were, like, 52. I'm like, damn. 50 52? 52. I don't know.
0: I could be confusing statistics. I've been, I've been paying attention to a lot of politics, at least so, like, numbers are in my head constantly. So, <laughs> 52, but either way, it's still greater than 50, and it's definitely more than 48.
2: Great. Right. Mm-hmm. True. So what, uh, what's going on with this Stephen Canals pose.
3: Pose.
2: pose? I don't think I ever heard the full name. It's pose. Okay.
1: It's pose. It's just mm-hmm. by Stephen Canals. Oh. Ryan Murphy gets a lot of names for this shit because he's executive producer. But I think if I research correctly, Stephen Canals is the creator of pose. Mm-hmm. He just I probably just had talk. help with Ryan Murphy to get that shit actually produced. Because Ryan Murphy names tied to a lot of shows.
2: I saw a clip of Pose the um last night actually and like it was these uh three women that was at this it looks like maybe like a country club or something and it was like the curly hair one and like oh, a um, dark skin one. I think and, I know what's Yeah, it told, like shade. this white woman off. I was here for it. I watched it yes. twice. I was like, yes, I wish I could come back. Like, if I had those type of comebacks, what?
1: Oh, i that like, so okay, works. Nice. For the people on the airwaves, she's talking about Miss Electra, first in her name, the delegator of shade. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
2: love <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that whole, I was like, I gotta watch
0: this show. Pose so literally the- electri- well, not literally, but it, it almost electrifies you as you watch it. Like, yes! It is so, like that, the way you felt it in that so one satisfying. scene, that's how you feel in almost every scene, except for when they hit you with the heavy parts.
1: Okay, but let me give them a rundown of what Pose is. Please, Y'all should know
0: what Pose Y'all should go on FX,
1: watch Pose, I'm waiting for season two to drop on fucking Netflix. So it's a drama set in New York City with an underground ballroom. In like the 80s if you watch the documentary paris is bernie it's literally like a tv show of that era okay and it centers around the black and latinx queers, and is actually led a lot by trans women which i'm even more here for mm-hmm. because at one point the gay community became very monolithic
0: with their figureheads mm-hmm. being the white gay man mm-hmm. oh, i'm so proud mm-hmm. of seeing white gay men like not like yeah. okay not saying that like there's anything wrong with white gay men as a general population i'm just tired of seeing their story being told like like you are the only one right and then on <laughs> top of that like almost every white gay man on tv has like this inner black woman and the only person with the inner black woman is an actual black woman so exactly mm-hmm. sit down be humble
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right right and all, and on that
1: note, what Pose have showcasing a lot of trans women. It has the largest trans women cast. Mm-hmm.
2: Good, that's good.
0: It is so good because um I haven't seen the documentary Paris is Burning, so I actually learned a lot watching Pose. So for those who haven't seen Paris is Burning, Pose um talks about what I learned about the structure of the environment of Pose is that when get when queer children whether they be gay or trans were kicked out of their homes they would obviously they were homeless and they would live on the streets and what would happen was the older queer community would take them under their wing into their houses and so they formed the houses much kind of much like kind of game of thrones where you had the mm. house of this so you would have like the house of glitter or the house of hype or you know stuff like that and so the house of evangelism the house of evangelists <laughs> yes
1: and, the house of extravaganza, which is a hey, house. yeah, yes. yeah.
0: So they yes. would live in these houses, and they would have house rules. So it's kind of like the way you would envision like orphanages from like Annie Annie's time. Only it's like the little orphan Annie time. Only it's it's um black and Latinx queer kids or queer adults. And what made it so profound is that the head of these households treated these. Kids like they're their own. One of the most powerful scenes to me, and it's been a while since I've watched Pose, and I've been like binge watching so much, so names escape me. But I believe it was the one who started the House of Evangelista, Blanca. Blanca, when she um, made that boy try out for dance at that academy, he wanted to go to because he was too scared to do it, and she literally, at to a point where he missed the deadline. She went up there, begged for him, introduced herself as his mother and begged for him to get a spot. Well, not even begged. She demanded that he get a tryout spot. But then when it seemed like he was shaky and not trying to go, she dragged him down there and made him perform and he got in.
2: That's what's up.
0: Like, this show was so great and it really broke my heart because... Like, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and so traditionally, Christian homes, you, um, we are told homosexuality is wrong, God doesn't make mistakes, so whatever you're born, that's what you're supposed to be. With that in mind, though, and I'm not saying that I'm strictly adherent to those schools of thoughts, I've actually been questioning the school of thoughts, especially knowing that um, a lot of the lines about homosexuality that are in the Bible were actually it put, added in the 1940s and did not exist before then but that's beside the point um, I cannot imagine having a child, as, especially as a woman, I just spent hours laboring to squeeze you out of my body I took care of you for so many years and then I don't like your, your personal choices on who you have a relationship with let alone who you're having sex with and then I put you on the street like, make it make sense. Like, I don't no. know. Like, it hurt me so hard to see this. Because how do you do that? There are people in this world who would literally kill to have a child. And have mm-hmm. done so. There are stories of people who will, like, attack pregnant women, cut the baby out of the yeah. pregnant woman, and raise a child as their own. So you have people who literally kill for a child, and you threw yours out because they're gay? How dare you? Like, Talk about spitting in the face of God. Obviously, God trusts you enough with this child's life that he blessed you with them and you decide not to love them? Because above all else, God wants us to love. Jesus' final commandment was to love our neighbor as ourselves. And you can't even do that with your child. You're going to throw them out in the street during the AIDS epidemic. And they have to rely on the strength of somebody who's been through what they've been before. So that's the part that I kind of, that, um... It
1: was Blanca and Damon. Because Damon was the name of, of the of boy. her son that she took in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she made sure he go to school. Mm-hmm. She made sure everything. Gave him a curfew. And, he, and when he had a performance, she made sure she was there. Like, she was literally a mother for him. Aww. She and is like the mother
0: of that house. Mm-hmm. Of everybody. And that's what's, and again, going back to just how people act, Blanca's a trans woman. Uh So that means, Mm -hmm. and even her actress is a trans woman, which means she was born male and transitioned to female. So you have all these so-called straight-laced good Christians who want to sit here and talk about how horrible she was when she was a better mother to Damon than his actual mother. But aside, girl, from there's the time, scene when
1: she there's a scene when she goes back home and realizes her mother passed. Like this show gets heavy. It is, sad. and that's why I appreciate that they have trans women
3: portraying these individuals
1: because it feels more grounded and realistic. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like it will come from a more personal place because they can directly understand. So it's not like all those. Other so-called movies and shows where you have a man
0: playing a trans woman, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy, I should have dusted uh, earlier on this cat hair. Uh... <laughs> but, but the fun part about it, because it does get heavy, but the ho- the houses they compete with each other in balls every Friday, and so they all have these glamorous costumes where they where they strut. And they get graded by other people, who are in the community. And I realized while watching Pose that I need Billy Porter as Pray Tell to narrate my life as I get up in the morning. I
1: love it (laughs) when he had um, when Pose two season two was coming out. Mm -hmm. He actually did a recap as Pray Tell of what everything was happening. I'm like, yeah, send me that link. (laughs) you <laughs> can sit down honey and I'm like yes give it to me everything I love Billy
0: Porter oh I do too and and if he I is just... so killing shit fastly I'm like how
1: fucking dare you look
0: fabulous today oh god yes except for that weird like kind of Laura Croft titty green dress he just had but other than that, you know what I'm talking. About? It's like the lime green one. Like I think green, I do. Green. I don't recall. I need to see that. Yeah, it just it it the top was. It reminded me of like Lara Croft's titties and like the original like Tomb Raider games, like the, oh, PS the pointy one. titties? Yeah, the pointy ones. That's what it reminded me of. But uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't yeah, his that best one. look, but that man like, Are they? Like it don't even matter. Like he, like he just yeah. woke up. Like talk about, I woke up like this. I just need him oh. when my alarm goes off in the morning and it's playing. My phone is playing the Sailor Moon trap music. It just pray up. and the category is, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and you like pose. You
1: right on that note, while we're talking about pose and trans women, New York, the state of New York, are going to rename the. Park after Marsha P.
2: Johnson.
0: Oh, yay! Oh, that's so Ooh. good!
2: I heard this name before.
0: Oh, yes. Marsha P. Johnson is the one who started the, um. I believe, the Stonewall Riots. hmm Yes. Yeah, so, like,
2: you know... Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know her. So,
0: like, everybody talks about, you know, like, they erase... Marsha P. Johnson was a black woman. And, like, people erase, especially darker-skinned women in a lot of political movements and everyone talks about oh the great trans movement and stonewall and they usually center around the white people in it but it was Marsha P. Johnson who started that. So the fact That's that they're cool. naming after her, I love it. And actually speaking of that, I've actually heard that as a criticism of Pose that they do some of the darker skin characters dirty. That, and some of the light characters, light skin characters, they um,
1: I, are okay. I went, I went in on that based on the premise that the person, the quote unquote character who was quote unquote done dirty, if they did what they did to her with any other character, it wouldn't be as impactful because you didn't give a shit about them like that. Oh,
3: everybody okay. had,
1: everybody had their own drama, but if you would do that with a side character, you wouldn't care as much. Mm, okay. So when you felt that shit, you felt that shit. And it was pretty much a pull from history because the same thing happened to a notable house mother in New York. I got to think of the name. I think she's from the House of Extravaganza. But it's like literally a rip of the headlines because I'm like, shit, I watched Paris is Burning, so I associated what happened with this person.
3: Okay. Okay. But
1: I told them, like, I've had that discussion with people. I ain't going to spoil it. Cause I haven't seen the scenes in season two. So I kind of spoiled it for myself and I like, I'm like feeling that shit. I'm like, no, nah! but at the same time, if it happened to anybody else, like a side character who didn't have their own ordeal, it wouldn't hurt as much.
0: Oh man. Hit pain. I <laughs>
1: That's, that's <laughs> like, that's like, you know, in game of thrones, when you kill a side character, you don't care about, but when they killed Ned Stark, you felt that shit.
2: Oh, I felt that
1: shit. Exactly. Like, if it was any other person, you probably wouldn't feel that shit. So what's the point? I mean, if you I don't play with to... the heart, play with the heartstrings. My
0: heartstrings are fine. They don't like being played with. Quit playing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hurt my feelings, you might as well do where it would count. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I could be mad. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note of queer representation, you know, we got to give a shout out to Steven Motherfucking Universe. Oh leave it, leave
2: it. My God, I love that's this so show so much. You so started watching it. <laughs> I did. And like, I, there was some episodes I would have to pause to be like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so cute. Oh my God. Or sometimes it was like, oh my God, I'm so in my feelings. Like,
0: give me, give me a scene. Give me a okay, ride. Okay. It's the over, one isn't scene. it, makes me cry every time. Okay, I'm done. Which
2: okay. One? Uh, when uh, Pearl and uh Stephen and Stephen's dad went, I guess essentially downtown or whatever, oh, and like she had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, New York in quotation, in
0: Empire was... City, Empire, yes, Empire City, Empire
2: City. She loved, like Pearl loved like rose and like she had to get over the fact that she wasn't there and that she kind of blamed Stephen's dad it was just like oh my god like that I, got to me. yes that got to me and i was just like aaron was like kind of laughing at me <laughs> because i was like getting so emotional and i am just like oh my god, I'm so glad they talked about this. Like, they needed to air this out. Like, oh my it was god, so amazing.
1: So and what she
3: said, I have to be teacher. there for his I'm yes! Like, yes, Yes!
1: Every time I, I
0: sing that love song, love I choke up right there. That's what I was talking about when I said it's over, isn't it? Because that's the song that
3: Pearl yes. sings
0: in that moment. And anytime I sing along with the song, because I have this, the volume one soundtrack went hard. I didn't care too much for volume two. But the mm-hmm. I have most of the soundtrack in my phone so like it'll come on. And of course anytime Steven Universe comes on, I'm like belting out the words as loud as possible. But I always get choked up singing it's over, isn't it? And um, that yes. song, um, Here Comes the Thought and Actually Love Like You. Those are my, like those are my three songs and I have to be careful when I sing them because if I don't pay attention to... <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I got it got to me when she started
1: I was fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> When they come into her life, yeah, now when yeah. they get like, bitch, you tolerated that shit? I was fine. Because I knew that, that, that they,
2: they didn't really matter, matter until you. You. Like, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn it, Pearl. Oh, my God. And then, like, okay, Garnet finding out that she's, like, a permanent fusion. And, like, when they separate, it, like uh sapphire and ruby Ruby. and when they were that one episode where they were like blurting and stuff they were playing uh baseball trying to oh it was so cute it was so cute
0: they're so cheesy and i love it like i I love it um like i joke with like couples that i really like like i have a one of my best friends is dating one of my good friends, and I'm so happy for them. But what I'll do is I'll be like, give me all the diabetes. Like, I want to see you be as sweet as possible. Like, you don't have to do extra for me, but, like, you don't have to hide it around me either. Give me all the diabetes. And the two, and yeah. like, Ruby and Sapphire flirting with each other was definitely all the diabetes. And oh, I was just yes. like, yes, give me... I don't want any insulin. I'll just, I'll just pass out.
2: <laughs> it was. It was, like, it was so fucking cute. And I was like, this show is... Giving me so much life like i slowed down on binging it because i didn't want it to be over girl, so because i was going like 10 episodes a day and i was like all right slow down yes i'm not i'm like steven is like getting new powers i'm like wait 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 hold on you was just a little kid like last week now you're becoming like a little bit older you get more power and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right Wait till you hit Steven
1: Universe future. You're like, my I baby's growing up. I can't. I can't. I need to get I need to, future.
0: Future.
1: I need to get And what's, what's worse about Steven Universe future is that he he he's realizing the world is changing around him, so he might not be handling certain shit well. And I'm like, my baby's not handling growing <laughs> up well. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, this I show's him,
3: crazy. That's not my baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, damn.
1: That show gets to me. But for all you guys who listen to us, like, damn, they really going in on the show. What is this show? So I should have been listening to Steven Universe. If not, <laughs> it, I'm going to give you a rundown. It's the coming of age of a magical boy story. Like, how often you get a magical boy story? About, yeah, a, pre-teen, about a preteen named Steven who comes to, like, discovering himself, his powers passed down to him from his outer space, intergalactic who's like an icon for Alien Rebellion. So she had to pass away just for him to exist. He is pretty much raised by the family she left behind, also known as the Crystal Gems.
0: Yeah, who were essentially warriors with who were by her side in the war. Pearl, specifically, was her second in command. Yep.
2: Yeah. And you know what?
1: It's by Cartoon Network. And when I was touring Cartoon Network, they were all going gaga about Steven. Like, you can't wait to see Steven. Steven's gonna be great. Believe in Steven. <laughs> He's so cute. You told a room full of girls that we can't have our show geared towards girls, but you have a predominantly feminine fucking
0: cast. They didn't know. You know Cartoon Network <laughs> didn't know that show was gonna take its turn. Go back in time 10 years and go to the uh, exact set, Steven Universe and tell them, hey, your cash cow is going to be a show about a little boy who's raised by gay singing space rocks, and I bet but you they, they're going to call it
1: though. At that point, it was already they were already ready, getting ready for the premiere. But, it was going through; pro, they were going through um, pre-production. But did they, they know how intense
0: up. the story would get? Because oh, like, that's my thing. Because how like, intense,
1: how intense? How You given the air how serious they were about it? Yes. They were about to risk it all for Steven. That was the air I was getting. Like they Mm. were putting all their best on Steven. They were guaranteeing to us that this is a great show. Believe in Steven. It is,
2: it is. And I'm
1: like I'm like, so you just told me that I can't have my shows, but there's a bunch of women in this show.
0: (laughs) No, they're not really women. They're inorganic beings. Girl, (laughs) is female Namekians. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and the thing is... And I was here for it. I was originally kind of turned off by Steven Universe, not because of, like, the LGBTQ representation. I was actually turned off because I, I already knew that the LGBTQ representation was in there, and I felt like they were kind of playing it, like they didn't expect us to be... the audience to be smart enough to figure out that they were gay. And I was just like, dude, just say they're gay. Don't sit here and try to play... Well, maybe... Maybe the the... The second in command, Pearl might have had some feelings and maybe, but then I found out that that was part of their actual marketing strategy for people who aren't me who would have a problem with that.
1: I think that was a good way to just go under the radar to parents. Like, what you are watching? Steven Universe? Okay, honey.
0: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. I think I heard- Watch your cartoon. I actually think I heard somewhere that initially that it was going to be like, the Steven character was going to be Earl. And then the crystal gems are going to be male, and I'm glad they changed that because no. Oh yeah. Because the thing uh, is, like, women are wasn't still... it supposed
1: to be like that because it was based off. Well, it was inspired by her brother.
0: Right. Oh, oh maybe. Oh, I'm not sure. We'll see. That was something I did here.
1: Okay. Because so when I was there, she was telling me like, not, well, I didn't meet Becca. I was talking with the recruiter, but I met her brother.
0: Oh, really? Was, you like...
1: met Stephen? His name is Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh really? He
1: was he was a background painter, so he was doing work and like, Oh, this is Steven and I'm like oh, Steven. I didn't think much of it, it's Steven, but no, that was Steven Sugar. Oh, okay. The show was based off of. I guess her inspiration was
0: it. Yeah, he's I'm definitely like, her inspiration. I've watched a lot of like videos and stuff about it. About, you know, just her inspiration for stuff and like I said, Love Like You is my one of my favorite songs. Period. Not like my favorite soundtrack songs. I it's one of my favorite songs period because much like a lot of the content of the show it's so raw and vulnerable yeah. yet it feels yeah. so strong in that and that's why i love it so like she and
2: it feels genuine like it yeah. doesn't feel like contrived it's not or anything
0: it, it yeah genuinely someone genuinely ripped open their heart poured out their mm-hmm. emotions and said see this is how i feel and that's why i like it
2: I had a whole moment with a second grader, um, and he was like, yeah, I'm like Steven with his shield. Like, he was talking to another kid, and so I was like, hey, hey, Uh, his name is Naquan. I was like, Duquan. I know, I know that show. I'm watching it now. He's like, What season are you on? And I was like, I was like, Season three. He's like, Oh, I'm on season four. It gets good, Miss Newson. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. So, like, me and him had like a whole moment. And I was just oh, like, That's so cute. Yeah. And this kid is just like the cutest little thing. So, I was just like, This show is giving me so much life. Well, and that's <laughs> good
0: that the kids are watching it because, like, it does teach very valuable lessons, like it. It, said, it, yes. it teaches just because you did wrong before doesn't mean you can't do right now, and that's so mm-hmm. important for children to hear. And it also teaches. Uh, one of my favorite kind of lessons that was overtly mentioned was when. Um, and I don't know if you got this far. Was when, um, Lars and Stephen were together and they were scared, and Stephen told Lars like, "It's okay nope, to be ain't scared." Got that far. I figured she hadn't mm-hmm. got that far. That's why I'm not going too deep into it. But he, Stephen tells Lars, like, it's okay to be scared. You can be scared. Just make sure that you don't let your fear stop you. And Stephen himself had to enact that. Because there's a scene where he's confused, he's in a situation he has no control over, he can't get control of the situation, and he starts crying, and he just goes, I want my dad, and he's crying, and I'm sitting there like, why would you do this that to me? Shit hurt me? Why would you do this to me? Help. <laughs> Somebody hurt the baby, where his daddy is. like, I just want my dad! Right. Oh, I'm like, go. oh my god,
3: my
2: I god god got a soft spot for kids, especially when they cry out.
0: <laughs> oh, no! And he's still, in his fear, in his tears, he still did what he had to do, and kids see oh. that. They learn from that, and that's why that's one of the reasons why I really like that show, and why I would love for my kids, whenever they appear, to have to watch that show.
2: Oh, for sure, and putting this shit on for them. I'm like, and, yo, you
0: right. the <laughs> universe. Like, no. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> that's why you buy that shit. Like, give me the box set. I'm ready. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's oh, really my like
0: totally show, it. girl. But it's another show where they have um, different body types. And what's so great about the different Mm -hmm. body types is that the body types is that um, all the characters got to choose, well, with the exception of the human characters, they got to choose what they look like. Amethyst Mm. chose her shape. Garnet chose her shape. Pearl chose uh, her shape. And they keep altering it based on how they see themselves. But if you notice... They don't change that much. No, they might like, change their outfit. Right, that's about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Emethes is me. I feel like every time I see her, and I'm just like, that's me. That's my body shape. That's my my shortness. Like, and I'm just, and she's so playful. And I'm like, I love her Britney so much. Has,
1: But all right, we talked about the pros. I'ma skip this one, but we don't go straight mm, to the goddamn call. Dear because. God yes JK. Rowling and the
0: Wild Lord <laughs> mm. oh, have mercy, okay, okay. Mm. I want to point this out. I really need to point this out. When we originally put together this um list of like inclusivity and like how J K. Rowling has been like just missing the mark routinely, where her so-called inclusivity. We're like, man, she does it just for cash grabs. And every time something ridiculous comes out, she has a book. Three days after we talked about this, she I announced, she was having not. a new book series. I'm like, woman, <laughs> I made myself, money. I told three, you, my look at this shit. Three days, Harry Potter, four, is three, three three days. Days. what
2: did she do it?
0: It was like, lady, you've made, oh, if you don't sat yourself down. And it's not because, like, well, I have lost a little bit of respect for her, especially as she goes through these endeavors. But, like, it's not because the book series weren't good. The book series were great. The movies did the best they could. But, <laughs> like, we're not going, and I'm, I'm talking about 1 through 7.2. I'm not addressing the rest of that foolishness right now. But they were good.
2: Ride
0: off on your fortune into the sunset and live a good life. Be like Harper Lee who wrote to Kill a Mocking Well, don't be like Harper Lee who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Because then she had released Ghost of the Watchmen, which was originally the first book she tried to release, and she done crapped over everything she had established in To Kill a Mockingbird. So we're not but be like Harper Lee was before she released Ghost of the Watchmen and just rest on your <laughs> fame charge people like, for don't... speaking engagements, travel the world, and be married. <laughs> don't come up uh-huh. with this bullcrap that you keep trying to spoon feed us that messes up with the whole like continuity of your own world. Not even that. Don't, why? Be,
1: don't be bringing us characters and just to be stepping stones for others. Like, that. Does mm,
0: And she only does it shit. to characters of color.
1: Girl, miss me with
3: that shit.
0: Oh my yeah. gosh! Like like yeah. Cho Chang, what purpose did she serve? Padma and Parvati Patel, how many times were they offered? I mean, were they <laughs> did they appear? The only time I remember them appearing, they're Slytherins. No, wait, one was a Slytherin. I think the other was a Ravenclaw. But they were Harry and Ron's dates to the Yule Ball, and that's the only. Oh, okay, the... exactly. <laughs> That's the only importance they had. They got dumped at the ball because they're too busy looking at how pretty Hermione is while she's on her date with Victor Crumb.
3: Yes.
0: And I'm like, um,
2: excuse you. Y'all got whole ass dates. like, <laughs> And they're cute. And
1: Damn. she's like, you gonna dance with me or not, nah, nigga? He said, nah. She's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> right. I'm gonna dance with somebody else. But yeah, oh, that whole yeah, shit with yeah, Chow Chang irritates bad. the shit out of me. Especially yes. when she admitted that she pretty much made that character to make Jenny look like a suitable partner. And I thought his attraction with Jenny was just out of fucking nowhere.
0: It I remember really was I got confused. Yeah, yeah, they just kinda threw that in there. There was like I don't know, like she knew how to build up the fact that Jenny had a crush on Harry but didn't know how to do it in the reverse. And it's like, yo, Harry's a human. And that's what I noticed a lot of times when, like, people try to write romantic interests dealing with the opposite, from the point of view of the opposite sex. It's like, you do realize that this person's human, right? So, chances are they feel the same feelings you do, just maybe in a slightly different way. But it was just like, yeah, so the weird sister of Ginny who always hides from Harry, I like her. What? I remember flipping through the pages, I'm like,
1: so we looking at Ginny now? Even though we were just looking at
3: child?
2: Okay. Yeah, and I'm just a movie watcher, and I was like, this whole Jenny thing was so out of the blue to me. I was just like, I guess. I mean, if this is the direction y'all want to go in, but for me, it it didn't feel real. And it It still didn't feel real at the end of the, um, the movie series. I was just like, when they were married and watching their kids go to Hogwarts, I was like, I guess. I was still kind of like, I mean, sure, if that's what y'all
1: yeah, want to It was as awkward as the movie than it is in the book. He's like, Jenny have nice skin. I'm like, what? <laughs> I she was like, it was <laughs> I'm like, is
0: this, what? The Silence of the Lambs? Right. <laughs> well, she had that she didn't, that like, she wasn't comfortable with her romantic pairings, And I'm like, no, lady, you already did this. Own it. But no, she's like, well, you know, you all are, because I honestly think Ron and Hermione would have been the better pairing for yes! each other had she developed them their relationship a little bit better. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. She, like, just didn't know how to develop relationships. So then she turns around, and after everything is said and done, I was like, yeah, they would have had a terrible marriage and would have gotten divorced or had to go to marital counseling or something. That was a bad match. And it's like, lady, you wrote the match.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, i mean
1: we all thought that was questionable that's why people said oh yes yeah, black hermione i'm like but
0: that girl could have been black because she wouldn't been with ron crazy Hell nah. mm-hmm. and any, anyway, especially one if she was as career driven as hermione was in school about her academics she would took one look at that family and been like mm, you too fertile i'm gonna stay away from you <laughs> your family far too fertile like his first mm. time, first time we go at it, it's gonna be twins. Uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I got a job to do. I got things to do, <laughs> <honey>. <laughs> yeah. But
1: the other, her, her next person of color that she tries to integrate was fucking Nagini, the goddamn snake that we had no idea was a fucking person. Absolutely, That's Fantastic pointless. Beast.
2: I, I did not get her character. Okay, I watched the last Fantastic Beast. I refuse. To um, write it on. And I was just like, what? I was like, what, wh- what is she there for? Just to say this was um, Voldemort's, um, yeah, what What was it?
0: Horcrux? Horcrux. Or... Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I was just like, but she's a person. She was a person, but they didn't give her a backstory. So it just felt like, well, from what I saw in the movie, I was just like, I don't, I, I don't get her character. That's like, because why she was didn't she in
0: exist. There? She, I she mean, she dead. existed as his pet snake, but like, there didn't need to be a backstory, because there was a pet snake! And now all of a sudden, she's like, some woman with a curse, and yeah. uh, I'm like, and, and she's only there to be an emotional pillar for
1: Credence. Like, if Credence wasn't there to, like, need, I guess, a woman to lean on emotionally because we've both been through traumas, you wouldn't be looking
0: at the game.
2: I'm not I'm even emotionally ends. invested in credence. I was just okay, like yeah.
0: I am because I like Ezra Miller, so I watched the first one, but then I found out I like that him too. I found <laughs> out that like messy web she made where credence is supposed to be a, a a Dumbledore. yeah God like I'm trying not I'm trying not to start ranting, but like that makes me so mad because all the Dumbledore kids have a name. And then given the timeline of Fantastic Beasts, it just doesn't make sense that Credence would be a Dumbledore. So here she is nuking her original story to try and make more money. Like that's why I said she should she should just rolled her millions and billions or whatever off. She actually lost her billionaire status giving away to charity, which commendable.
2: Yes. I very because she
0: she was homeless when she wrote the first Harry Potter novel. So she understands it. Class warfare looks like she has her billionaire status, giving away money. Commend her for that, but she should have just rode that fortune into the future. And just, spin- why would you do that? Like, cause there's Albus, there's Aberforth, and then oh, forget the girls, name. Ariana, Ariana, thank you, and then Credence. Mm. Man, again,
1: Credence was named by another by another woman because he was allegedly switched at birth. Wish that second movie felt like a waste because you gave me a whole red herring we didn't need just to come yeah. to some other conclusion. Yes, just to have another subplot of you know, Grandmaster Wizard creepy ass Johnny Depp is about to fuck shit up, but you oh don't my get that god, this goddamn history that nobody that... had for. Okay.
2: Oh, when I left out that movie, I was just like, "What the fuck did I watch?" I
0: like... did too.
2: Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on. I thought I understood the Harry Potter universe, and no, and I watched the doesn't first make one. Sense. And it was
0: it just doesn't no, make
2: it sense. didn't. I was so confused. I was just like, they need to stop with these movies because this is not. Even though I do like, um, what's his name? Uh, what? the main character, yes. Newt Gingrich? yes, I but no, mm-hmm. Not Newt
0: Gingrich. I like him a lot. No, his name is Newt Scamander. Newt Gingrich yeah. is a politician that we don't like. Sorry, Newt Scamander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: like him because he's awkward. And I I like awkward characters because I feel like awkward characters are not often represented in like as a main character in any type of like media. They're to be really honest. not,
0: and let's be real, how many of us are like
2: surefire like cool people? Like no. Yes, I am so awkward, and so when I saw him, I was like, I get it, I get it, and I'm glad you're a main character. I, I fucks with this, <laughs> but like that end of that movie, I was just like. I don't know what they were trying to tell me, but I am utterly confused and I am not watching the third one. If there's going to be a third one, I'm a wrap. Uh, it's a wrap.
1: What bothered me is like the other Harry Potter movies were solid mystery. And then mm-hmm. that one got so convoluted because they had so many things they needed to do. To really was the point,
3: Girl,
0: <laughs> no. let me finish my statement. Sorry.
1: It's like. So after all of that, it just became a convoluted-ass mess. And then also what brought forth in the second movie is what really pissed me off was the existence of Lita Lestrange. (sighs) Lita Lestrange was literally only thrown into that story to give Newt Scamander motivation to finally be political and pick a side with the Wizardry War. Mm -hmm. That was literally her only purpose. And then you give you give her such a traumatic-ass backstory yes. only for her to be a catalyst for his momentum. So, let me break down Lita Lestrange and why the fuck her existence pisses me the fuck off. Please. All right. She is a biracial black witch who was a product of rape when her father, Corvus Lestrange, cast the imperious curse to kidnap and marry another married woman. Her mother, <laughs> so, Lorena Kama.
0: Real quick. The Imperi- for those who don't want know Harry Potter the Imperius Curse is one of three forbidden curses that you are never to cast on another person. The Imperius Curse is considered a forbidden curse because you control that person. So if you cast the Imperius Curse on somebody, they're completely under your control. So for Corvus Lestrange, Kat basically brainwashed a married woman into. Marrying
3: him and then raped her so she
1: would have his kid. Mm. And her mom died in her mom died in childbirth, giving birth to her. Backstory on the Lestrange. Lestrange is a very old, wealthy, pure blood, elitist, white as fuck family. And as a black girl reading this shit and seeing how the elitist family were always white, I saw them like white supremacists. Yeah. So you have this biracial, biracial black baby born into a supremacist family. Oh yeah. No, the,
0: the death eaters are definitely magical, uh, magical mm-hmm. Nazis. Mm-hmm.
1: And so now I'm like, why would you even make this character? She's literally the black sheep, the nigga baby, in this white ass family. She was. Yeah. And then he remarried and that's when she had the half brother who quote-unquote died, which is that whole little weird-ass, little red herring we didn't fucking need. And so, of course, he looked to his son and overlooked her, so she was practically neglected in her own household. Uh, so while yeah. she was at school, she was getting teased at school because of her parentage, like nobody wanted you to But you don't understand the gravity of what happened to her mother for her to come into to be.
2: Yeah, I was not a fan of that storyline. I just feel like you know, if you're gonna introduce a a black character as black, witch in that way, it's just like, uh, it's just reminiscent of like, I guess, just how things were back in those days. You know, felt
1: like trauma porn. And the worst yeah. part, yeah, that that's not the first time you actually meet Lita in movie. The first movie, you are she's mentioned. Mm-hmm. Lita is vaguely mentioned. That's what Queenie read Newt's mind, said, oh, she was a taker and not a giver. So Lita broke Newt's heart. So in the first movie, you're like, man, she's a fucking bitch. How can't you break Steve Irwin of magic? <laughs> <laughs> and then when ridiculous. you... And then when you meet Lita, you're like, what the fuck, this poor child?
3: Right! Just so like,
1: now she thinks
3: she's...
1: Right? So now she thinks she's such a monster for what she did in her past and then the second movie, she died as if it was a sacrificial lamb in redemption and that's when Newt's like, I'm gonna take a stand now.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. let me care about the race, about the Nazis, only because Because they killed somebody I love. Other than that, they could have gone ahead killing everybody else. Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm like, when she died, I'm like, am I supposed to feel something because I just met this character after you kind of vaguely shitted on her in the... It's <laughs> shit, now she's
2: gone? Okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, oh, that's it? Yeah, I, was like, I thought I was expecting more from the character, and then that was just a wrap. Mm. Like, all right. All
0: this, the way. I'm
2: yeah. I'm not watching it. You can't make me. Yeah, Girl, that,
0: I'm not
2: watching you can miss that movie. shit.
1: That second one irritated my soul. I was so- <laughs>
2: It was definitely a waste of money. I was just like, I'm done with this uh, franchise.
1: And does anybody watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? They have another black witch that just irritates.
2: Okay, I cosplay, cos- well, the cosplay, but I <laughs> dressed up as, as Prudence for Halloween because I love her aesthetic. I thought she looks cute with the finger waves, the black finger waves, everything. And I did like the first season, but I did not watch the second season or the Christmas special or the third season. So. I, 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 I
0: started wanted, through the second season, and I kind of fell off. I kind of mm. wanted to get into it, but it had such a, like, heavy satanic presence that I was just like, I'm good. I'm, I'm they literally ready. said,
2: thanks, Satan. Oh, You know, like how people's like, thank God. They'd like, oh, thanks, Satan. Thanks, Satan. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I'm just like, Woo, my mama would. <laughs> die if I I, w- I wanted to do it as a joke like you know to her around her be oh. like oh my god thanks Satan but I feel like she probably smacked the shit out of me so I was like nah I'm you
0: gonna... wouldn't be here to record anymore no not what? at all I'm a firm believer in spiritual warfare not just because um, I'm Christian but because like I've seen I've seen it happen. Like I, I, I knew a guy. He was atheist, and he was cool. And I don't have anything against atheists. I have a lot of friends who are atheists. Like they're, they're cool people, just like me. Uh, me and everybody else. We kick it with cool. But with this particular gentleman, he put his faith in God, even though he was an atheist. He prayed to God that if he let, that if God kept him and this one girl together he would believe in God for the rest of his life. Mm-mm. Don't do that to Jesus. What? Well, we know <laughs> we know the Lord don't work this way. Right. So, not only did they break up, but it was nasty, and the very next time I spoke to him, the only way I could describe it was like, he was demon possessed. He opened himself up in his pain to just as much satanic, like like, he was just I don't know how to describe it, but I don't talk to him. I haven't talked to him in over 10 years. And I'm okay with that. Because I, I yeah. do believe that you, that that opens yourself up to things. So, I'm sure the show may be good, but, like, I don't let Kay. Satan in my home. The only Ghost that eh. allows the Holy Ghost. Eh, I got problems with it, so I, I
1: ain't looking at that. Oh, one. okay. Eh. I mean, you have this like out of all the casts in there, you pretty much had two black women, one black guy, and the black girls either as a token black friend or as the main bully.
0: Oh my gosh, or it's like
1: one of them hood. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's... I mean, this is like the weirder part about this show is that it's, it's like it's dated in 1960s, but it's not. So you're like, what year is?
2: Yeah, I have no idea because there's it's no like... like cell phones and shit. So I was like. I
1: like aesthetically it's the 1960s with fourth wave feminists. like
2: what yeah yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird my cousin was really into the show and I watched the first season with her but for I don't know I didn't really c- connect with Sabrina per se and honestly didn't really connect with the characters I just liked how it looked and that's yeah. why I was watching it mostly it's just like oh, this is it looks nice it's eye candy but other than that like i was just not really sabrina was just so boring to me i've heard as a that
0: character. i've heard that critique a lot about that show actually
1: yeah she's i mean as in, she is boring as well as mediocre and arrogant mm-hmm. but she's also going to be queen of hell so it's like what is what what is it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really
0: but i mean I don't know. I just I heard she's bland. I heard she's almost kind of mm-hmm. a Mary Sue in a sense.
1: She is though. Yeah, you're and... a half witch, half human. Yet you're going to be, you're groomed to be the queen of hell. Yeah. But you're also trying to reform, Satanism, to be this new witcher. You know, sense of enlightenment, which come across as white feminism, especially yes. when your foil is a black witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No. We ain't got no time. You're your opposite is a black witch who bullies you, so it looks like you're flipping a whole head of privilege on his head because she's the mm-hmm. half witch,
2: getting bullied mm-hmm. by the
1: full-blooded witch. And I'm like, eh.
2: it Wasn't she like, uh, her father was like the white...
1: Yeah, she finds yeah. out her father was like like a major priest, but he kept it undercover for so long.
2: Yeah, I was just like, why? I I don't know. For some reason, I just don't really like that narrative, so it's just like, whatever, with the show. After that That episode, I was just like, you just couldn't let her just be, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know. Prudence, like I said, aesthetically, I live for her, but like her character, I was like, yeah.
1: what they do with it, because that's the other thing. Like, you're trying to make her seem like this cruel bully, but you're also trying to make her peak feminism, so she still have great qualities, like she's in tune with her own sexuality. So it's like pro ho and all this shit, but she's also you trying to model her as a shitty person. And yeah, you know, so many black girls do you know, end this shit, and I'm like, this is the one
0: representation we get? Okay,
2: exactly. She I just feel like the bully. <laughs> right, exactly. It
0: just seems that like media doesn't know what to do with the with the phenom of, like, black witches, because witchcraft is, or, like, es- an ancestral, um, worship, like, they are coming back, and I've noticed mm-hmm. that whenever they deal with black witches, they don't know what to do, and I know this, we didn't put this in our notes, but it's like that movie, that, um, series *Siempre Bruja? Girl? I ain't touched
1: touch that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, Okay.
0: I, I refuse, because it sounded good. It was about the time-traveling witch. It was a slave woman, um, who is from Africa? She she has time traveling powers. Activates your time. Oh, powers.
2: I watched the first episode of that. It's in Spanish, right?
0: Yeah. If, yeah. probably. But my issue is, well, yeah, because it's, it's the title's in Spanish. My problem is, you mean to tell me this slave traveled into the future to save her slave master, who's mm, the lover? You
2: love
0: H, exactly like what? What I'm like, this ain't night? what you advertise. <laughs> so like every time now that I hear about black witches on TV, I think of the witch from Siemphra Bruja. And I think of Prudence, who's supposed to be, who is essentially the villain. Yeah. How is a black woman the villain when you all are literally worshiping Satan who's supposed to be the king of villains in, in, in <laughs> of the section of religion? Like, between, because I've noticed that, like, there aren't a whole lot of religions where people do, um, put someone who they see as the ultimate bad guy, like the ultimate evil, is never really uplifted, although I do see it with satanicism, and I'm supposed to believe that being the queen of hell, ruling hell with Satan, is nicer than the black girl. Mm. Throw it away. (laughs) Throw throw, throw it away. Throw it away.
1: Throw it away. (laughs) But back on track away from black witches. You know, not only do we have black women, we want fair representation of black women and black people. There is a significant need for queer representation. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the world at large is homophobic as fuck.
2: Yeah. And I noticed that
1: when we do have these queer characters, censorship knocks the fuck out of a lot of that shit. So it doesn't translate well. Or you can't do as much as you want to because you're concerned about how it'll be handled out east and will your show get banned. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Sailor Moon,
0: Uranus, and Neptune, the cousins who are fucking each other. Oh my gosh, that was so uncomfortable when I was a kid. Before I had more progressive views on sexuality i was like i'm like eight years old i don't know how old i was watching this show i was they made it so uncomfortable i actually would have been more comfortable with them being lesbian lovers than i would have been with the way yeah. they actually were portrayed so this is me growing up homophobic like the they because not only were they obviously lovers but to play off the fact that they were lovers to the censor they're like oh they're cousins so now it looks like they're incestuous. Yes. <laughs> I and was like, wait, what? Like, and
3: I'm eight, and I'm like, you know what? Can
0: they, okay, I can accept that they're lovers. I can't accept that they're cousins. And as <laughs> a as a, that's an a eight-year-old homophobe. That yes. was what I thought. So As a child,
1: I didn't even know what gay and lesbian was. But I was looking at them like, something's going on with these
2: cousins. Uh, right, I'm like that's,
3: that's not
1: anymore. how cousins act. Mm-hmm. I don't do that with my cousin. I think they do <laughs> <laughs> they doing
2: nasty stuff.
1: I think they
0: together. I don't think mm-hmm. they cousins. Y'all cause lying to me. They ain't cousins. Mm-hmm. And to be mm-hmm. honest, I didn't have the vocabulary to you know, and to vocalize how I felt at the time. I'm now I'm just describing it from the lens of me as a thirty year old back, you know, from where I was as an eight year old or however I was watching Sailor Moon. But that oh, no,
2: that was that was not okay. Yeah, I always felt awkward watching those two on the screen. And it, I know why now, but mm-hmm. back then I was just like, it seems more of like a romantic and thing so and that they're trying too. to tell us. Yes, they are. And they were just like, yeah, they're, just, they're cousins. I was like, nah, nah, love, nah. I don't love my cousin like that. Nah, I don't love I my don't, cousin like that. I'm I watching this what? for my cousin.
0: <laughs> and that black people, we have an extensive cousin culture,
1: so it just brother., up. It did. It was God. odd. God. Like, my cousins
0: spend the night. I don't know what they do when they spend the night. Yeah, they, right. like they do they some got, extra shit. They got violins and moonlight and pet flower rose petals. And yes. are they not like, kissing? And I'm just like, was, mm, they I'm they like, we kids. play PlayStation. I don't know what y'all could. Drifting over to another one with the representation. I definitely want to touch on how they handled the Crystal Gems because one of my favorite stories about the wedding scene was that in the West, they had advertised um, Ruby as a man by putting a mustache on her face. And so when they had the wedding scene, Ruby is the one wearing the wedding gown. So now you have mm-hmm. this kind of burly looking man character now, male character now, with a man's voice We're in, in her, with a mustache dress. in the wedding dress. Yes. Being picked and up and spun part. around by a woman in a tux. hmm. But what's <laughs>
1: even worse about that censorship, like, out east, they just cut that episode completely. So, and there's plot in that episode, too. So when people mm-hmm. come back, from that big-ass hiatus, they like losing a chunk of information. And I think they even um, cut Nip and Tuck, the um, Rose Quartz fusion between um, Pearl and Rose Quartz, and they did that flashback.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess they thought the dance was far too intimate.
3: <laughs> so they well,
1: cut part of the sequence. intimate. Season. I mean, it is, but as in... I guess they took it as in it was very, very suggestive. So we're gonna just cut this scene. And we're going to stitch it together. Like, boom, babies.